Welcome to Flow Prophetic, where we focus on how God is bringing transformation today. In this podcast, we explore how to cultivate a prophetic culture and how to ignite courage to partner with God for more. Now, your host, David Fang. Hi, and thank you so much for joining us for this new edition of the Flow Prophetic Podcast. Here at the early part of our launch, I want to just take a couple of minutes to be able to just build a strong foundation about what you can expect with the Flow Prophetic Podcast. Flow Prophetic, this particular series is a little bit different than some of our others. If you listened a little bit earlier, you probably had access to the Prophetic Leadership Podcast where it's more of like a teaching style, really unpacking specific keys about how to be able to implement them. Flow Prophetic is more about being able to give you an insight or to bring you into experiences and things where we've taken the keys that we learn in prophetic leadership and here at Christian International and we implement them in real world situations, right? So we sit down with some of our CI ministers, some of our staff members, different people that are out there doing the stuff. And one of the main things that we're trying to do is we're trying to be able to unpack not just the amazing testimonies that happen, but also like, okay, so you took that prophetic revelation, you took that key, and you applied that in that situation. How did that turn out? What was the response? What would you have changed? What did you find was a little key to be able to add your own little bit of a, of a twist that kind of increased the impact? What we're trying to do is we're trying to not only get the stories of what God is doing in the world today, but also, again, try to empower everybody that listens with more keys about how in real-life situations they could tweak or they could be able to apply all the things that we're sharing. So Flow Prophetic is probably one of my most favorite series that we're doing at Christian International because that's how I learn. I learn a lot you know, from, from classroom settings, but I also learn much more when I sit down and have a cup of coffee with a person or a friend who just got back from like a whirlwind trip and they tell me about what they experienced. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And then I asked them like, well, when that happened, what were you thinking? How did you approach that when that situation happened or that situation happened? And the dialogue that comes from that kind of interaction is something that we want to be able to try to replicate or reproduce in these flow prophetic podcasts, I want to be kind of like your inquisitive mind where I, I'm sitting down with these amazing rock stars of people and really trying to dissect and get down into the elemental levels about real world application with some of this revelation. So again, you know, I'm kind of rambling here, but I just wanted to lay a foundation in these early weeks about these series so you kind of know what to expect. In this particular podcast, I'm really, really excited. Uh, we had a afternoon where I got to sit down with Prophet Jimmy Kellett. Him and his wife Waverly are an amazing, powerful, dynamic couple that travels the world. I got to sit down with him because he actually recently got back from a trip with Bishop Bill Hammond to China and Korea. And as many of you know, there's some opening up of the nation of China a little bit more to Christianity. But, you know, culturally, they still do things a little bit different. And you've got to kind of navigate through some tricky waters in that situation. So Jimmy had a chance to sit down with us and tell me kind of some of the amazing stories of what God did in China as well as in Korea. There's some funny anecdotes. I mean, Bishop Hammond is just a hero of mine. You're talking about somebody who's 83 years old now and still wanted to climb the Great Wall of China. 
And let me just tell you something, being of Asian descent and knowing a little bit about the Great Wall of China, there are no elevators installed on that particular wall. Bishop is just a hero. So you're going to hear some stories like that, which are going to be just so amazing. So with that said, I'm just going to go ahead and cue us up into the conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you, Dave, for having me. I wanted to give you a quick second to tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you and and different things. I know you've been traveling and actually you just got back from a trip to Asia with Bishop. Is that true? That is true. That was a fantastic trip. I heard that you guys had some adventures in China that were very interesting. Something involving a wall. Oh, yeah. We uh, decided that since we were there, one of our other ministers, Sue Slusher, showed up, came over from Singapore and joined us. And so it was on sort of a, the radar of maybe we could go see the Great Wall of China. Well, we decided to go see it the Friday after we got finished, and it was a little bit more of an adventure than we expected it to be as bishop, and all of us didn't realize that it was as Bishop counted out, 1,500 steps. You're kidding me. Not not steps like you go up a staircase, but right. steps at about a 35-degree angle going all the way up. And so Bishop with his, you know, he's he's 83 years old. The man has got a body that's 83 years old. And so his knees and his hips didn't really want to work that well. So we basically, it was fun. It was, we pushed him up the hill. You pushed him, like from behind? Yeah, like literally put your shoulders into his behind and to get him up some of the ways so that to help him get there on the way. When we did get to the wall, the last 10 steps were not normal steps. I mean, now I'm right. talking like a staircase to get on the wall. Yeah. They were about a foot and a half to two foot tall. You're kidding. So we basically had to get under his shoulders and help him up. And he got to the top. He he sort of laid there for a minute like, (laughs) I've made it. But, you know, I don't think he would not have wanted to go just so he can say, I was on the Great Wall of China. was on the Great Wall. Because these steps were basically, this was before OSHA was invented or instituted. Oh, that's true. Uh So, like, there were no safety regulations. Yes. That, I mean, I I saw the picture of the after of when you guys got up there. But I can only imagine your perspective walking this 1,500, like, step journey Uh with Bishop through there. Now, it's very interesting because I guess we can talk a little bit about it now that you guys are back and safe and sound and everything. But what was it like ministering to the churches over there in China. It's a little bit different than here in the States. It, it, it was, David, and, and this is what was so different about it was they're seeing the signs, the wonders, and the miracles that we're preaching about, hmm. but they're seeing it because they have to see it oh, wow. because, I mean, they're underground. Everything, I, I called it cloak and dagger because that's how it felt. I mean, we we get there. There was only out of the, the number of people, I think there was like 45 ministers from a, around Asia that were there. Right. Only four of them knew that we were coming. That's how secretive it is because of, and everybody thinks, well, it's a religious thing. It's not really. It's atheism mm. that's holding back the church in China. Is it really? It is because they're taught against the church. They're taught against religion. They're taught against the things of God. So atheism, they're atheistic. They they don't believe there is a God. You know, they they have what they need, and that's all they need. So what was interesting was how we would go to meetings, and we'd we'd go in this 10-passenger van. We'd pull up to the front of this office building. They'd say, you 
go with these three men, and you're going to go to the second floor and take the elevator from there. Sue, you and these ladies, just walk around the building once and then go in the back door. Oh, wow. And then, Bishop, you'll just go right in the front door. But, you know, it wasn't like church like we know it. Yeah. Because we didn't get to carry our Bibles in the open. They told us not to talk to anybody. Don't discuss things, even in English on the elevator. The funny part was we would be on the 31st floor, and nobody would push the button for the. I'm I'm an American. Sure. I'm going to where I want to go. I'm going to push the button. But they would say no, don't push it. Wow. And we'd get up to like the 26th or 27th floor before somebody would lean over and bump it with their elbow, or nonchalantly touch it. Really. And then we'd go up. And then when you'd get to the door, it was a metal door that was locked, and you'd knock on the door, and they looked through a camera. They saw who you were, and they opened the door. As soon as they closed the door, it locked back again. And it was like walking into an office building until you walked through the reception area, and then you walked into this big open church that had windows to the outside, which they would close with curtains yeah, so somebody couldn't see in. So when you say cloak and dagger, it really is like something out of a spy movie. Yes, it is. I mean, you're talking about like anti-espionage, I mean, covert type stuff. When you were there, did you feel like any fear at all or any intimidation about the circumstances? Or No, not really, because I knew that, that I was there for a reason. I did have this sixth sense going on, I guess it's a good right. way to say it, of when I'd go outside, I would take a walk every once in a while down to sure. this little market. And it was only a block away, but, you know, you, you're walking that block and you realize, is that guy following me? Oh, you know? wow. But, not, you know, it's just that... That that sensing you get sometimes, as as especially if you have the gifts moving in your life, yeah. The the, the the wow, you know, is that guy following me? So I would do the things they do in the movies, you know, stop and look right. at something and watch him walk by and think, okay, he wasn't following me. Did you like? <laughs> did you go like down an alleyway and then jump out if they followed you? You know, <laughs> no, I wouldn't know what to do there. Oh boy. So with that, you know, this whole trip was really interesting because you actually went to mainland China which is very, very closed off from religious freedom. Yes, it is. Now, since you had a chance to talk with the pastors and discuss these issues, I know that there's a little bit of a conversation going on where they're like, well, there's a legalized church in China now. So why isn't everybody just going the legalized route? Is there even a need for an underground church? When you heard and listened to these pastors, what was kind of the takeaway that you got from them in regards to that? Well, the legalized church is government. It's going to be run the way the government wants it. You'll find in China that the government, you know, I, I had a hard time getting a visa because I wrote that I, I worked for a Christian organization. And I had to go and have an interview, and they only gave me eight days. Oh, wow. So I have to go reapply. But what the church there is is going through is that they're they're wanting to see the gifts of God moving. I mean, they were so excited that we brought the prophetic. Mm. They kept saying, you need to lay hands on us before you leave. And it's like, yeah, we're going to do that. But we want you laying hands on us too, because you're seeing the signs and wonders. So they're, they're more of in that aspect, David, it's, it's, you know, that's the, that's the church, the way the government wants it. We Mm. want the freedom of God. I got you. We want to see God moving. We don't want to see God put in a box. That's, that makes sense. So basically what you're saying is like the reason why for you to be underground is so that you have the ability to be free, one that can freely express 
right. what the Holy Spirit wants you to express, mm-hmm. which I think is just really, really good. A lot of times with those organized churches or the, the registered churches, they have to basically report absolutely everything that they, they preach. Do. They have people mm-hmm. who sit in the congregation and report on on what's said. So that's amazing, though, because I, I just off the top of my head, I don't know whether the prophetic would be on the approved list with a organized church necessarily. I would say that would be a big no. A big no. Um, <laughs> because they're preaching the truth. Right. And they want the truth preached. And that's, I mean, one of the, the ministers that was there, David, he told stories of how most of, and, and when you talk to these pastors and these, mm-hmm. these apostles that were there, most of them have spent time in prison for their faith. Oh, wow. Five to 15 years. And they talked about the things they did to them. Bamboo shoots under the fingernails, shockings, whippings, waterboarding. I mean, all sorts of stuff. And it's like, whoa. You know, one of the pastors talked about how, you know, they were doing a meeting in a house and this guy kept walking back and forth. And the next thing they know, the military's there, not the police, the military come. Right. And they're taking people in and they're grabbing them up and people running in myriad directions uh, of, of directions. And this pastor says he didn't know where he was at. So he ran down a hallway, ran into a bedroom. Yeah. And he said in the bedroom on the bed was a pile of, of blankets that they had just washed and brought in from the, the, the lines outside. He said the Holy Spirit told him, go set behind those blankets. He sat there for three hours. They went through the house with a fine tooth comb. Wow. Three hours later, he said, it was so dark, you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. And he said, I heard somebody calling my name. And it was one of the other pastors that was hosting him. And he said, John, where are you? And he said, I'm right here. He said, where have you been? He said, right here. He said, the pastor said, no way. He said, they came through this room and they tossed everything in this room. He said, they never touched the pile of blankets, though. Wow. And it was like God hid him so that God could use him. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, then he, there was so much more, so many more of those type of stories. And, and you know, I, I look at that and I think, wow, we think we have it hard here in the States. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we don't face the persecution they face. We don't, we don't go out and walk outside our front doors that morning thinking, uh, is today my day to go to jail? Right. You know, am I going to be in prison for my faith? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very different. I mean, for me, it's like, okay, well, what Starbucks should I go to for a Bible study? <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily like, all right, well, what's the safest route and different things like that. Now, it's interesting because that story you told me about that pastor right there who hid in the blankets. Mm-hmm. So no, he, he hid behind the blankets. He hid behind the blankets. And so he heard God say, hide behind the blankets. Right. Yeah. So literally, he was hearing God's voice, not just because it was a nice thing to do or a cool little parlor trick. Right. Literally, this man's life is on the line. Uh-huh. He hears God to be able to do that. Right. So that's amazing to me because now you're going and you're going to teach, you're, you know, as prophets, you're going to, to teach about what God is saying now. Right. Did you do any training about how they could be able to hear God more accurately in a practical level, personally? Of course. You know, I mean, that's where my forte is. I mean, I've taken that vision of Bishop Hammonds to be a reproducer of reproducers of the prophetic, of right. teaching people how to hear the voice of the Lord for themselves. So yeah, we did. And 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 they were, you know, it was funny, you know, in, in the States, when you say, okay, we're going to do an activation, yeah. people sort of scatter. These people were like, go get somebody else in the room. They're really? doing the activation. Go get those that are serving in the back. They're doing the activation. And they were so excited and knowing that they'd already heard God 
mm-hmm. but to hear God in a different way than they'd ever heard before. You know, that right. light, that that spiritual light bulb goes off and they go, wow, I've been hearing God all this time. That's amazing. And so to me, it was the right timing to be there. Mm-hmm. Because I I told Bishop, I said, I really feel like that we, we birthed the prophetic apostolic here. They know the apostolic already, but they didn't know the prophetic mm-hmm. in the way that we move in it, where it becomes personal. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. So for me, I really love what you're saying because it's like, I know you because you're somebody who walks in honor and respect of other Mm -hmm. people. And I love the fact that when you and Bishop went, there was such a humility that you had where you honored even the position and place they were at spiritually. Mm -hmm. And even just you relaying it, you said, you know, they already heard God to to a certain extent. And it was like Christian International and you guys went there to be able to, one, provide a vocabulary and a context of what they were experiencing, right? but then, two, provide another facet that kind of added value and complemented and enhanced what they had already had, which I think is just absolutely incredible. That activation thing, though, is hilarious to me because you you know this probably more than anybody because as the head of you know our Ministry and Spiritual right. Gifts courses here, uh-huh. and it's so true, you know, because... When we do activations here, basically what we believe is we don't want to just give you head knowledge and then you just leave and you've got it all in your head. One of the keys to our success and the reason why we're so successful at being able to teach people to hear God's voice is we get you to apply it right away through practice and reason of use. So activations are where, I mean, Jimmy, we've done it all different kinds of ways, where you'll pair up with one person, three people, you'll make a circle. But basically what it is, is it's trying to get you to activate what you've learned in your life. And I don't know whether it's just a Western thing or or something like that, but you're right. People tend to be very hesitant in the States. They do. To be able to do it. But you're saying in Asia, like, they were just so hungry and ready to go for it. They were so hungry, Dave. They were on fire to see the gifts released in them, where they wanted it. There was a high level of expectation. That's a good way to say mm. it, because they were expecting God to move wow. in a way that they'd never seen him move before. See, they've seen the signs, wow. the wonders, and the miracles. They've seen people raised from the dead. They've mm. seen people released from prison, like Peter was, you know, that the right. chains broke away and they just walked out of prison, you know? And so they've seen that. But now they're, they're, they're getting a different perspective of the gifts in the vocal, vocalized way. Right. I mean, that's what the prophetic is. It's the vocal part of it. It's the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, yeah. speaking what God has put on your heart for that individual mm-hmm. in front of you. But in America, we're so used to it right. that when they do say activations, they go, Oh no! Oh look! I oh look! I have something time. to do. I gotta yeah. go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, you know, they, there's right. always something, and it's it's like the fear that we have here that the gifts are going to move through us. It was more of a faith that wow, the gifts are going to move for through us in China in expectation, expectation and excitement, right? Hey guys, David here, and I want to let you guys know about an exciting new resource that we have here at Christian International. It's a prophetic teaching by Apostle Jane Hammond titled Surge. Now this message on Surge is something that has really been developing and she's been hearing from God about, and she just recently released it at our headquartered church. So if you'd like to get your copy of the CD teaching, you can go to our website at www.christianinternational.com 
www.thecreativeseed.com and purchase your copy there. There's also a second way for you to get your copy, which is for any seed or a donation of $20 or more to our mission here at Christian International, we'll be sure to send you your copy of that CD teaching as well. Just let us know that you would like it in the gift comments of your online donation or let our ministry services representative know over the phone if you're calling in your donation. Without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and cue us right back into the interview. So with that, like, it's very interesting that you're saying this because now I'm I'm wondering mm-hmm. because their posture and their approach to this was very different than what we see here in the West. True. How did that contrast in how quickly they were able to pick up and how w- well they were able to flow in it? Did they pick it up faster? Did they flow better? Like, what 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 did you observe? Well, in activating. Seeing as that, I, I don't know Chinese, but I do know how the activation should go. They were picking it up quick. I mean, they jumped on that that boat, right? And they said, "We're going to ride this wave." And wow. I mean, they 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 jumped in. They started doing it. Mm-hmm. We're to the point where we would say, "Okay, guys, um, the activation's over now." Wow, because they just kept. Giving and get, I mean, it's once that flow started, yeah, once they connected in the spirit, they just kept going, they didn't know how to stop it, yeah, which is a it could be a, a, a great thing, a great or it could thing. be a terrible thing, From too. An administrative perspective, yeah, it's tough, you go. right? It is, and so in that though, David, they they just were so hungry for it that mm-hmm. they wanted it so bad. And even though that none of them knew what we were going to be doing, right? A lot of them had heard of Bishop. They had yeah. copies of his book, Prophets and Personal Prophecy, that had been translated into Chinese. That somehow it got into their hands. You know, Amazing. it's it's that the library that doesn't have a library. Yep. You know, it's not a building. It's it's somebody passing a book along. Hey, I read this. You might like this. And so they were they had read about it, but now they're doing it. Wow. Now they're stepping into it, and that. Their levels were so. I mean, there, there. I'll keep saying it. There was such a high level of expectation. Yeah, that it was crazy. I think that's like the important takeaway that I'm grabbing from this mm-hmm. is that they had such an expectation and a hunger, and the intensity with which they approached the mm-hmm. revelation. I think made all the difference in the world because for me. I even think about the way that maybe I've approached because of familiarity, yes. right? So like, for instance, we come every Friday night here at our headquarters church, Vision Church, for prophetic ministry. And it's interesting because when you live with such an abundance, you get familiar mm-hmm. and your position and your posture towards something that really is amazing and supernatural is different. Yes, it is. So like, it's very interesting for me is like, oh, you know, it's just another prophecy night sometimes. But this kind of convicts me because I'm like, all right, what am I missing out on that God wants for me to accomplish and do because I'm not coming at it from the intensity and the hunger and the expectation that I need? Like, then I start thinking, I'm like, oh my goodness, like how much further along in this process could I be if my posture was different, if the intensity was different, you know? Well, and you know, Dave, th- that is such a good point because we do get familiar around here. I myself has have been in that that boat. Oh, it's another Friday night, right? You know, where you walk in and you look at people that you might have ministered to weeks before, and you think, God, what do you? What else can you say to these folks? Exactly. You know, and our hearts here is really to get them to hear God for themselves. Exactly. Not to become a prophetic prophecy mill, but but to be become a place where they learn how to hear God, 
And, and I always remember when I first, that first prophetic word that I ever, mm-hmm. that was ever spoken over me and how it just rocked my world. Mm. And I, I think that's where we need to stop sometimes to get that intensity back. Oh, there you go. To go back and say, what, what caused me to catch a fire for this gifting that's already here that I wanted to know how Bishop Hammond heard the voice of God so clearly. Right. How do I keep that fire burning as intensely? Because you said it, we get sort of just matter of fact with it. Oh, well, it's another Friday night. Yeah. But to me, it's another opportunity to speak the word of the Lord that can change a life for forever. Mm. I mean, forever, ever, as Bishop Hammond would say, forever. (laughs) But it does, it really does. You know, when when that word comes in and it's a true word of the Lord from somebody like yourself, I mean, I, I've been around you and I know I know the word that's within you. You have a very deep word. But if we could get that word where it was more, there was more of a fire yeah. of the Holy Spirit coming, mm-hmm. not that we don't have the fire of the Holy Ghost, but it's a level of that fire that would cause us to go deeper than we've ever gone before. Wow. I was in a church just this past weekend, and and the pastor said, I was taught that sooner or later I'm going to reach a plateau and I'm going to go over the edge. And when I go over the edge, I know that I've gone to a new level in the prophetic. Huh. And it was like, you know, I've been there. Right. I've, 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 I've been in that place of, God, why do they keep ta- taking people off my team to go to some other team? Yeah. Not that I wasn't given a good word. I just... I gave the forever, as my, as my <laughs> wife would say, the never-ending word. Yeah. Because I wanted to give them everything I had. But there was a shift that happened. Mm. And when the shift happened, I was able to give them the never-ending word concentrated like orange juice. Yeah. Where they have to add the water to the word. But that, that, list, that released in me a new level mm. of intensity that I'd never had before. And I, like you, Dave, sometimes we just go... It's another Friday night. It's another right. time to minister when we should be saying, God, this is such a great opportunity yeah. to change a life. Wow. So right. even even where whether you're receiving or you're giving, right? you shared a, a key that is just really, really stuck out at me, which was that you went back to your initial encounter. Right. You went back to the moment where it's like, this is where it all started for me. Mm-hmm. But what I like is that you you kind of communicated it where it's you're not just thinking about it, but you're almost like reliving the emotion, the feeling, what you felt, what you saw. And I feel like that's very important for all of us to begin to go back to those moments because they're like milestones, you know, it's just they like are. Jacob, you know, whenever he had that encounter with God, he he did a pile of rocks so that it would always be remembered for generations. I think that mentally, emotionally, and through our memories, God kind of has us put those little memorials up in our own lives so we can go back and remember the promise and the things that God has, which, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so excited about that. So, for me, I'm going to take notes. Okay. After I leave this podcast, I'm taking notes about intensity, hunger, and passion. Thankfully, you know, we're blessed here in the States where we have such religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, maybe people in general are not as open or as positive towards Christianity as they used to be. True. But I'm not going to jail for my beliefs. So uh, that makes me very, very grateful. 
Now you went immediately from China to Korea, South Korea, not North Korea, South, South Korea. Korea. Yes. Though my wife said, "Why don't you go on, go ahead and go on over to North Korea?" Oh wow. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, she's just radical like that. Yes, she is. <laughs> but with Korea, what was that like? Because now, tell us about Korea and and what you were doing over there. Well, in Korea. We had gone over there for a conference with our CI Korea churches there, Christian International Churches there. We were there to release. And, and, you know, I'm going along with Bishop Hammond more as his armor bearer, suitcase carrier, suitcase loader. But, you know, Bishop doesn't let you just go. You have to participate with him. He puts you to work. So we're going there and we're we're going with the thought of, all right, we're going to do this and this and this and this and this, and then let God do the rest. So Bishop, of course, goes over there, and he's, he feels like this is what God's mandate to him is right now, is to release the, the shout of the Lord, to release right. the anointing of the Lord, to release the people to go to the new levels, to become the, the day of the saints. saints. Right. And so in that, as we were there, the level... Is, I mean, it's different because there's a religious freedom there that, mm-hmm. that is not in China. So it was a little bit more relaxed to me, a little bit more fun. You know, a lot of prophesying when you're there in, in Korea. It's just, it's just how, it, how, the, right. how, the, how it is. But then there, when you teach and then you activate, that the people are hungry for it there too. And, mm. you know, we in America think we, that what we have, the world knows we have. But they don't. They really don't. They don't know all that God has revealed to us. We're not the nation above all nations. Right. We're just a blessed nation. And so we're blessed because God is using this nation. And so in that, to see people get released in the what they know. And you know, when you prophesy to some and you you think, How many more words will these people need, God? <laughs> but then you know that when you prophesy to them and they come back and they they do their best in their their broken English to tell you, yeah. oh, that word just touched my heart. You just don't understand right. what I'm going through and that I needed to hear that. It just breaks open even a new level to us. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, that confirmation is a good thing. We don't need the pats on the back. Right. Uh, the Word of God does say, be careful of the man who puts you up high on the, on a pedestal because, you know, there's something going on here. Right. And I paraphrased all of that. But I am careful because I don't want to get it I don't want to become big-headed in it. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to know that that I'm touched by God. So Korea was a very different aspect. As you know, you've been to Korea. You you know yeah. how it is over there. The people are excited to see the prophets come in. Mm-hmm. They're very excited to see our bishop come in because he has such a great anointing to release people. And, you know, his when he's moving in his mandated hour is a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an anointing that flows that you just can't. I mean, we did almost an hour and a half of warring in the spirit. An hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay, so describe what our version of warring in the spirit is because we're a little bit different than some other. We places. are. Well, with our bishop now, I'll have to explain it from his perspective. He believes that God has, I mean, that we have to war for what is ours, that just because God said it doesn't mean necessarily it's it's going to happen automatically, that there's our part and there's God's part. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our part is to war in the heavenlies to bring forth what God is saying and God is moving in. 
So Bishop has this thing where he has you box, like a boxer, like shadow boxing. Yeah. And you get up there, and he gets you all excited, and he preaches the word, and then boom, 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 and we hit it. And he, he feels like that the more that we shadow box, mm-hmm. the more that atmosphere changes. Right. That it's driving out mm. all the enemies of, of God, and it's opening up the heavens around them. Wow. Right? And so we we ward in the spirit. But, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it done in China. Yeah. I've seen it done in, in Africa. I've seen it done in America with Bishop and different places. But when we did it in South Korea, these people caught it. Yeah. And, and, and so Bishop said, you know, the longest I'd ever gone before was an hour and 10 or something like yeah. that. But they did an hour and a half. And it was like when one got tired, they just sort of replaced them and put somebody else in there who had the energy. I mean, it was like oh, the, wow. the energy level was so intense, mm-hmm. but you could feel the, the atmosphere breaking right, and, 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 and releasing over the people there in in South Korea. That's amazing. And that's what I love because it's like, you know, some people are probably listening like, oh, you mean you're shadow boxing? Like, what's the deal with that? But even scripturally, we see where people partnered physically. They did a physical act right. in order to be able to demonstrate what was happening in the spirit. Right. So I love it. I mean, I've been in a few of those uh, where Bishop... Bishop's 83 now. Yes, he is. And... I tell you what, he puts a lot of the younger people to shame with his shadow boxing. His shadow boxing game is like on point. <laughs> on target, yes, oh, right. It's so intense. And it's not like a light little shadow box. It's like I'm going to put my full weight like yeah. onto this thing. So in Korea, they did it for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. And it was, I mean, in, in Bishop, I mean, he he stood up there and, and you know, he did it. Then, yeah. then uh, at one point, he finally said, Come in here and stand in for me. Yeah. And so, you know, by that time, my arms are feeling like rubber, but it's like, okay, my bishop said do it. It was like I, yeah, it's like you get a a surge of energy. Yeah. You know, that second wind, as we say in sports. And so you get up there and it's like, wow, where'd this come from? You know, (laughs) the second wind. The second wind. And and then it was like, gave him a, a, even though he he stood behind me, he's still boxing. He just wasn't doing it as intently. But then he got back up into the pulpit again and just wow. went after it again. And it, uh, one of the funniest things I saw was his interpreter, nice guy, just mm-hmm. perfect gentleman, as most people in, in Asia are. He's up there, and he is just—I mean, he, he starts out going at it. Right. You know, he works out like, like you do, yep. you know, has all that yep. pent-up energy from working out. He lasted about 30 minutes before 30 you, minutes. 30 minutes before you saw him start to just drift away. It's oh, like, boy. oh no. And Bishop kept looking at him going, Come on, come on, Stephen, let's go, let's go. And and Stephen oh, was yeah. like, oh, I don't know if I can go anymore. And oh, then wow. one of the other pastors that was there, who was Stephen's pastor, mm-hmm. saw it happen and he said, Wait a minute. So he jumps in and moves Stephen's out of Stephen out of the way. Oh wow! And he just gets intense with it, going for it until he gets wore out. And then Stephen's second win comes, so he gets back up there. And so it was an amazing, it was amazing thing to see because it wasn't like they were quitting. It was like, wait a minute, we have backup. Yeah. We have the second division coming in now. Right. And they took it to another level that I've never seen it taken to before. So it's kind of like the Tour de France or one of those cycle teams where you're in a pack and one person takes the front right. for a while, then the other person comes up. 
you're still part of the team. You're still active. Right. It's just you're kind of like changing your position. And, and I love that dynamic. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. No, that's like a new like strategy that we may have to start. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go get my backup and get a backup yeah. for the backup and that whole thing. But like what was – now what was the theme of the conference that you were at? Like what was that – what was the main push that you, know, that you I, wanted to be able I, to accomplish? I just posted this on Facebook. Oh, did you? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to look at my phone while, you, while you're talking here. So. Yeah, because it's uh, like Korea. Yeah, because I mean, they – they had a, a specific title, and I saw it this morning, and I thought, oh, I got to, I got to remember that. It was a real epic title. Yeah, it, it was. was like end of days. Yeah, uh, save the world type thing. <laughs> I'm trying to find it, I'll find it here in a minute. You know how that yeah. works sometimes. But yeah. it was, it was, it was very intense. Something global or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it says. Oh, now um, as far as interpreters go, you're talking about Stephen. Did uh, was Holyfield there? No, I don't remember seeing him oh, this time. Oh, they have an interpreter that at CI Korea called Holyfield, and which is hilarious that there's He would have been great. Yeah, oh, he yeah. would have been great for shadow boxing. That's for sure. What's funny about Holyfield is that his name is Holyfield, but he quotes Muhammad Ali. Yeah, all the time. Oh, wait, I'm like, it's, it's Wait, wait, what's wrong sir? with this picture? But he's so amazing. Such yeah. a great guy. Oh, where is this at? Don't you hate that when you when you know it's there and you're going, okay, where did it go? <laughs> uh, maybe if I look in what I posted right there. We are kind of in the closet or in a closed space. The internet doesn't really get through Yes, it, well. yeah. So David like, David puts me in closed spaces so that he didn't have to have anybody I do. See I want to see what your response is to, <laughs> to closed spaces. Yeah. I just posted it like two days ago. It came up as a memory. And so, if you want to see it in person, if you're listening on the podcast, you just pull up Jimmy on Facebook. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, the letter N, Waverly, W A V E R L Y, Kellett. That's our face. I share it with my wife, who I love so much. Supernaturally saving the nation of South Korea. There you go. Yeah, that is uh, that's very epic. That's that's a very epic title. It is. The interesting thing is that you guys were there maybe a little while ago. Before, actually, while you were there, North Korea started popping off pretty pretty intensely. They did. They they fired one rocket up, and then then while we were there, America retaliated, and they they shot off some of their interceptors. Oh wow! uh, Out into the the sea. And so it was, you know, pretty intense and, you know, a lot of saber rattling going on. Right. And, and I think, you know, it was, it, you know, you, you're thinking, because they, they start talking to you and they say, yeah. You, and we got to meet with a gentleman on Friday, had lunch with him on the 81st floor of a tower there. It was the newest tower that they'd built there mm-hmm. in South Korea, in, in Seoul. And he worked at, for the CIA for years. Oh, wow. So he was a very intense man. Very intelligent man, but he was saying what people don't realize is South Korea is where they're going to shoot first. Oh, yeah. Because it's the closest. And that, you know, at any time during the day, you'll hear the whistle of a rocket coming in, you know, and and you think, whoa, and you're that close to it. You don't, you know, it's a a small country. I mean, it really isn't that huge. And so North Korea's got its side and South Korea's got their side. And so you're you're living under that threat constantly. Wow. But you know why I was there? It, it didn't bother me. I mean, it was right. like, I've always had a sensing, okay, God, when it's my time, it's my time. Mm. 
And if it's if if, if I'm to die for the gospel in South Korea, yeah, so be it. Wow. So I don't get worried about it. I don't get over concerned. I right. I'm watching because that's what we're called to do is to watch, and mm-hmm. and I'm praying so that you know nothing does happen. Yeah. But we were there for a reason. That's amazing. And now I know Bishop usually gets the word of the Lord for for the nations that he goes to. Uh-huh. What was the high point about what he was sensing for Korea? He he really sensed that this is a a, a now time for them. Mm-hmm. That God was going to use the Christians in South Korea. We found out there's a lot of Christians in North Korea too. Mm-hmm. But he was going to use the Christians in South Korea to pull down the stronghold of North Korea. Wow. Yeah. And that stronghold being the not just the man, but the the identity yeah. in the spiritual of what's controlling. The spiritual dynamics of everything that's going on. I love the fact that he released that word, and now it's like the eyes of the world are looking on mm-hmm. this small little island in Asia. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really great. I, I'm down with that word about... You know, let's see the saints rise up. And I'd love to be yeah. able to start seeing that thing begin to shift, I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we need a shift. And, you know, now we we watch the news and we, we see that it's getting even more intense. Exactly. So. But, man, I'm just so excited to be able to hear about this trip that you guys went on. It's basically like an epic adventure. And a, and a, yes, a trip with Bishop Hammond's never a dull trip. No, it isn't. It is always something going down. And what I love is that you being ahead of a, of an entire department and traveling on your own in your own right, I love the fact that you were willing to just drop absolutely everything to be able to go serve Bishop in that form or fashion. And I think we want to get you on it at some point a little bit later to talk about that servanthood leadership dynamic that you, you really I'd love to. You don't just teach it, you actually live it, which I just really love. So, but Jimmy, thank you so much for giving us that update and showing us what it's like on the road with Bishop Hammond. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely an adventure <laughs> every time. But yes, thank you, David, for having me this morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Flow Prophetic, a part of Christian International Ministries. Be sure to check out our content on flowprophetic.com. For more information on conferences, training intensives, and other resources to help make a powerful difference, please visit our website at christianinternational.com.